Hey, metalheads, beer drinkers, and bullshitters, we're back. Um, I'm Sean. I'm Juan. And I'm Mike. And this isn't going to be one of our normal kind of episodes. This actually is a really special episode for the three of us, and I'm sure quite a few other people that will eventually listen to it. Um, it's a tribute to our friend Derek. Uh, Derek Whitman, whether you know him or not, he was a really good friend of ours, Um Juan and Mike were both in a band called Aboard Aside, and Derek was the guitar player. And I mean, aside from the band, we were all really good friends. Um, we all, as life always does, it kind of got in the way, and we all kind of went our separate ways. And I know you guys had kind of bumped into him at one point for a while and hung out again, and then lost touch again. And I had seen him soon before he passed. Uh, you know, when I worked at Suburban, he was there. And uh, didn't recognize me. I said hi to him, and he was kind of on a on a mission and headed out the door. But that was the last time I had seen him. Um, yeah, um, I had talked to him probably a few months before he went into the hospital. Um, I had run into his dad at the uh, uh, hill climbs, and he had said, "Hey, man, you know Derek's kind of trying to get a hold of you." And you know, such as with life is, I did get to talk to him. You know had a great conversation it was the last conversation I had with him before he went to the hospital and passed. And uh, we actually got a second chance, so to speak, because of his parents, Dale and Debbie Whitman. We want to thank them for what they basically gifted us. And I wanted to share with everybody. Um, <clears throat> basically it's kind of like a really cool uh, history of Reading music as well as just like old music, so to speak. You know, I didn't realize that a lot of these things were kept in, of course, be, Derek being Derek, you know, just kept all this stuff. And I figured, you know what? His parents had gifted it to me. Um, they came up and visited, and we got to talk about Derek and, and life in general. And, you know, and I was hoping that I would be able to share this. And we talked to, you know, I talked to both y'all, and we were like, yes, we want to do this. So I thought it was very cool. And I figured I'd, you know, break this out, this really cool manila, manila envelope that I had gotten from the Whitmans and, Figured we'd talk about it. And before we get too far into it, big shout out to Dale and Debbie too, because honestly, they were really, they're amazing people. They looked after. They allowed our, us to start a board aside in their garage. And yeah. then looked after <laughs> the a lot of time us. Ever. A lot of guys, you know, kind of <clears throat> involved with the band, kind of came and even lived with them for a while here and there. And I mean, they just amazing people. Absolutely. They that really whole were, family. Like yes. give a shout out to not only just Dale and Debbie, but also to Diane and Dina because they put up with this too. You know, I remember Diane shorty. I think she made us try to make us like tie dye t-shirts <laughs> for way back when we were, you know, very, I don't even think we even played a show. I think we were still trying to put music together and she was trying to make tie dye t-shirts for us, you know, Wu-Tang. Yeah. <laughs> we, she was Wu-Tang before Wu-Tang, I guess. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's like, yeah, they allowed us to use their garage. His dad was had a car in the garage and put it off to the one side and was nice enough to give us the one side of the garage, even the mo even though the music at the time was way heavier and darker than basically anything what they were listening to it at the very least. They were more of like folk, I don't want to say hippie, but they were more of like the folk band, more of like uh, the old school. 70s rock. Rock, Zeppelin. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and even his dad. His dad has great taste in music because he was like a little deeper, like Little Feet, Tom Petty. Uh, well, he was in Alice in Chains before. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, 
yeah. before it was hip to be in the Allison uh, Chain. Exactly. So, I mean, it was, yeah, yeah. And which is kind of cool because that's kind of where Derek got the whole guitar playing from. And, you know, from, I guess, growing up with his dad and listening to that kind of music, but just wanted a little more extreme. And Well, and his dad was also like the sound guy in at the Astor Theater years ago. Absolutely. He also helped Jake at Unisound. Like, I know whenever Jake would have problems with the boards or speakers and stuff like that, because Jake being Jake, he would always call Derek's dad, Dale, and be I'm like... I'm friends with Dale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And be like, hey, you know, I'm having some problems, and Dale will come down and fix it. So, no, like I said, a shout out to those people for, you know, just being very, very cool parents allow us to, to I mean, they're really they're just extended family yeah, yeah. they're, they're I mean, the metal family absolutely yeah, yeah. and it, because it wasn't if it wasn't for them there would be no board aside they really plain and simple there really wasn't so but yeah I, like i said again to give a shout out to them and it's kind of cool that i'm going to be able to share a lot of this stuff with y'all because a lot of it has to do with uh not only just reading music but also like shows that we went to so we can be able to talk about some of these shows you know and some of the things i don't know what they are i remember some of the bands um but like these old ass oh OG shit eliminate these are immolation, immolation stickers, stickers that we had gotten when we played with them uh there was uh, uh not when we played with them it was with incantation and incantation told us about these and then we went to see i think it was at starland i think we went to see Immolation. It was the first time we ever got to see them. They had the coolest fucking album cover. Do you remember that? Yep. And we, Dawn of Eternity was that was the was that the album? I think is that's what it was. It's like it, all the with the angels. And angels. Yep, yeah, the demon and angels. Oh, I yep. love that cover. <laughs> yeah, it was such the fucking cool cover, and that's actually what kind of brought us in. So me and Derek ended up. I think it was two weeks later. We ended up going down to Starland in Jersey. You sure it wasn't? Um, oh, what's that fucking club in Newark? You guys all used to go there. I never. That was. I was actually never there. See, that's where it was. I thought it was the Starland. I Club Fifty Four, some shit like that. Uh, no, 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 no. That was a different place. Um, who the hell did we see there? I think we ended up seeing. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think what the hell the name of that band was when we went down there because we were supposed to go down there. Um, shit. I know those guys all went up to New York to the Hangman's Ball, right? Yeah. At the Ritz, and right? Was Immolation on at that show? Did you see them there, dude? I don't know. There was so many bands. Hex no. was there, right? Yeah, that was more along the lines of like, um, I don't think Immolation was at that show. I mean, that was Cannibal Corpse was there. There was a, suffocation. suffocation, suffocation. That was the first time we that's all got to see them. That's where Derek got his nose broken. Bro, was it ripping? Lost corpse? his shoe. Yeah, ripping corpse was there. Right. That I Donovan was there. I missed that one. There were so many bands, dude. That was such a good show. Didn't like Nuclear Assault come on at like three in the morning or something? Yeah, they were. I think they were the last band to play, right? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, getting off track here. But so yeah, so so we're going through this big Manila envelope of all these memories and shit, and we're just gonna we'll talk about them as we go, just in case anybody. It's a surprise wanted. for us too. Yeah, Juan and well, Juan and I, Sean, haven't seen them yet, so. Yeah, and I was, like I said, I was lucky enough to, I didn't even go through all of it. I went through a majority of this stuff, so a lot of this stuff is, uh, like I said, <clears throat> excuse me, is, uh, like I said, is, is stuff that was going on around at the time. And like I said, Derek t- uh, Derek kept it and almost like scrapbooked it almost. But pre-internet days, back in the day, we had what we would call like um, underground magazines, almost like the underground tra- tape trading scene. But it was a way for people that like love this music, whether it be punk or metal, death metal, whatever it was, they would up and come up with these there's fanzines. Homemade, right, fanzines, these homemade magazines that had all this stuff. So one of the cool things that I had gotten, because Derek actually helped work on one of these fanzine magazines, 
And it was cool because he was able to basically just, you know, talk to bands, get information from these bands and bands that we kind of almost forgot about. And one of the things is uh, this magazine is called Today's Underground and I got two copies of it. And it's cool because in this episode we had Broken Hope so that he was able to talk to the guys from Broken Hope from back in the day. Not sure who was all involved in uh, the writing of this magazine. But there's guy, there's bands, uh, Vicious Circle, Cynic, and our SWAT. old friend SWAT. Yeah. So this was like a write-up from and interviews that they had from these bands from back when, like I said, this pre-internet, pre-blog, pre-vlog, whatever you want to do. And it's wild when you sit there and you look at, you know, not just the mindset of the bands, but, I mean, these are bands that were just starting out like you said, like Broken Hope, that, that first album, they were one of the first death metal bands to come around. Um, you know, they were on par. They were a little lesser known, so to speak, than like, um, uh, I guess I would say maybe like the, like the originals, like OGs like Death and uh, Ripping Corpse and, and bands like that. So they kind of came along around that time, but they were a little lesser known, more so along the lines of like Napalm Death, I guess. Well, I mean, to give you an idea what they were looking at, I mean, Green Day, Dookie, <laughs> yeah. Candlebox, the first Asphyx album, Danzig Four, Slayer, Divine Intervention. So that's right. It looks like that's right around the time frame. What ninety? I say ninety three, ninety four. I think yeah, probably right about there. Right. Yeah, but it's wild when you take a step back in time and compare what like how we used to do it as compared to how easy it is today with like a vlog or a blog where you just make a little, you know. You can add pictures and, and stuff all on your TV where you actually had to print this shit out. Well, one of the writers in the of this was another old friend that, that lived with Eric for a while, too, which was Bob. Bob Spot, yeah. That's what I said. It, the, crew, the crew that's involved in it, and it's kind of cool when you go back and you see the names. Yeah, most of them. Dude, this is great. I know. It's wild, it's right? It's, it's fucking neat seeing it. Yeah, because, like, this is shit that I always thought was lost, you know what I mean? That we would never be able to... And he kept them in really nice shape, too. Yeah, that's what I was blown away, man. Like, I was like, holy shit, man, like, this is wild. <laughs> Sorry about the background noise. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> we got porn going on. There it is. Thank Aborticide, you. slaughtered embryos, bunghole recordings. <laughs> that's so awesome. <laughs> okay, so... Well, hold on. Before we... Can I read this review? You're absolutely right. You, anything you find... You anything that pertains to Derek, I have to I have to fucking read, and this pertains to all you guys. But So here's the review of Aborticide Slaughtered Embryos on Bunghole Recordings. <laughs> it's hard to be non-biased when I've known these guys since they started in Derek Whitman's garage in 92. Throughout a few lineup changes, I've heard their style change. From suffocation and tomb death metal to biohazard brutal truth. And finally, what you'll hear in this demo, Tolat Doom Grind. So I'm pretty sure I know who wrote this, by the way. <laughs> to be totally honest, the sound quality sucks. Thanks, Rice Dick. <laughs> but if you screw with your EQ, you can fix that. The tape consists of four songs that are some of the most intense music I've heard in a long time. Plus, the intros are really cool. If you get your hands on this one, keep it, because they're now disbanded for the last time. So that was pretty cool. It's wild, right? Thanks, Rice Dick. <laughs> right. 
Poor Jake. <laughs> you know, he, he yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it, it's crazy because it did, the dude did so much for Redding and, and the underground music, but yet he really was a dick. <laughs> he could yeah, be. I he should was. He could be. You know, I, he could be. He was a dick to the right people. Yeah. Well, and he was trying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what what's up next? What well, you got for us? Actually, if you wanted, to, I wanted if you wanted to answer the question, who was all on that uh, Rich show? Because I have the flyer from that show. Are you serious? Yeah. So this is the first annual Hangman's Ball. It was uh, the headliner was Nuclear Assault, uh, Cannibal Corpse, Massacre, Gore Guts, Grave, Demolition Hammer, Suffocation, Ripping Corpse, Immolation was on it. So that's where they did. That's where these stickers came from. Um, Brutal Truth, Hex, Cursed Earth, and Sika. Those were the bands that were on it. And the other cool thing that was on this was also the other show was the SOD show. So that... Oh, the SOD Agnostic, Morbid Angel show? Right. Agnostic Front? Yeah, before, you know, building roofs collapsed on a, a Morbid Angel. Yeah, that's the <laughs> yeah. original flyer from the Ritz when they went. That's when we all awesome. went there. Yep, it's crazy. Like, I was like, holy shit. I should have probably got them in uh, order with everything. But like I said, I'm just kind of going through this as well. Well, that was a pretty early on show, wasn't it? You guys went to that... Yeah, that I didn't early go, on. I didn't go either. You yeah, and I missed it. Right, you and I missed it. I went to the SOD show. I didn't go to that show. Oh, I didn't go to the SOD yeah, show. The SOD. Yeah, I fucking missed that one. That too. was insane. That was was just That's when they filmed. Yeah. The that, live at Budokan. Yeah, that shit was yeah. That was it was wall yeah, to doors, wall. Doors doors were seven open at seven. Show started at eight. Yeah. We were there early. Yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> that was a good time. <laughs> yeah, poor Derek losing his shoe and Getting a broken, broken nose. nose. <laughs> and then the hookers were out on the way out. Oh, yeah, that was that was old Times Square there, baby. <laughs> and even the cops didn't want to give us directions. Oof, well, that's, they still don't in New York. <laughs> no, they don't. They'll put you in the worst place ever. Yeah, they will. But I think this is the original earache sticker that came from that show, too. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know, right? That's awesome. Yeah, fucking Derek kept everything. He really did. Like, I, I was stoked. Like, his, his mom didn't know what to do with him, but when she gave me this shit, I was just like, wow, this is just history, man. This it's, is and it's it's wild that he kept all... I mean, because he kind of, like, fell away. He didn't really... He kind of lost interest in death metal. I know, like, the last, like, year that I was hanging out with him, it was right when he started college. I can remember him saying, hey, I'm in this... Check out this new band I'm into. It's Oasis. <laughs> and I was like, what? It was like... It's like that was why, like I didn't know who they. It was before they were big, you know. Yeah. Here well, anyway, that was the thing. Like with him, he was, you know, the the love of the heavy music was always there. But especially with him, it was always a. Uh, he always liked the other roots, you know what I mean? Because he would actually kind of bring that a little bit. That that I don't want to say like folky, jazzy kind of sound, but that's he would bring that in. You know, he just enjoyed really good like song making and, and writing so, and appreciation for good music. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and you know, if you're in Oasis and I mean, if you like Oasis before Oasis got big and broke and you know, you say, Hey, I like Oasis and nobody knows who you're talking about. Now, obviously they were like, Oh, you're a pussy or whatever. But you know, at the time that was new shit. Nobody heard anything like it. He was into it, you know? So yeah. that's, that's kind of like how he, he was. You that's know? how I first heard him. Yeah. You know, it was through Derek. Through Derek. Yeah. You know, and it, like I said, then it got big and broke and whatnot and had all this funny internal shit that makes me laugh. But, you know, it, you can't knock somebody for liking a band before they get big. You know what I mean? Not teachers, huh? Yeah, exactly, you know. 
Um, but like I said, it's as we're going through all this stuff, we'll just kind of bring some shit up. What else you got? So the other thing I got is we'll give a shout out to our friends in Therenity. This is an OG Scarlet's live band from May twenty second. I'm not sure the year on it. I'm not sure they have on it, but it's Therenity, Concussion, and Morbid Fate. I don't know if you remember those guys. I actually, oddly enough, I actually threw one of these away. I had one of these flyers. <laughs> And that same one that I had the I kept all the aborticide unisound. Yeah, things. I love that. It says mosh, mosh, mosh at the bottom. <laughs> Let's grind. <laughs> well, no, did you miss two? Oh yeah, well, there's too many moshes for me. <laughs> <laughs> Above your mosh quota. <laughs> I love these old right, and this is all just handmade shit that we. I, and I was just gonna say, dude, I love that it's like somebody took a marker and they were like, yeah, let's fucking write this down to photocopy it and. And yeah, we would hand, either them. staple it on every telephone pole or just hand it out at the mall. I'd or, take a picture of that and send it to Bill. Dude, it's crazy, right? Yeah. That's why I wanted to give a shout out. And like I said, and the fact that Concussion was on there, you know, it's just like, holy shit, man. Damn it. You can get a bus and a ticket for $12 or just a <laughs> ticket for six. A bus and a ticket? <laughs> yeah. Take the bus ride up to Bethlehem, you know? Yep. I don't remember that. I remember. Didn't we just drive up to that? I think so. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I think we all went up together. Yeah, I, I know we did because when we had gotten there for that show, when we had gotten there, we had gotten there a little late because I, I can't remember why we had gotten there. And Morbid Fate had just, I think they had just gone on or like halfway through their set when we had gotten Yeah, because I never seen them. Yeah, neither did I. I remember the name, but I never seen them. Right, and we were just trying to get, I guess, just get in when they were when they were on. So I don't remember them a whole lot. But Yeah, I had an orange one of those. <laughs> It's, and like I said, and it's crazy because like apparently they were in all kinds of colors. You had like orange and green, and uh, I think they were on some red ones too as well. Yeah, they probably bought a fucking mixed like packet, a, a neon staples pack, or yeah, some shit, and eh. right. And then here's what's really wild is oh, this is the infamous April fourth Saturday night that we got in that basically that uh, Unisound uh, got maced. This was the night of the huge fight. This was from April 4th. This was the grind show. This was Supremia, Sarcoma, Phineas Skull, Rot, and Aborticide. This was the night that we played, and basically Jerry got into the pit, started throwing a hammer around, and everybody got maced from the jig. Yeah, because not everybody not everybody got to play that night. No, right? Supremia never got to play. Sarcoma was on. They, they were, were actually, right in the middle of their set, right? Right, in the middle of their set, and that's when that fight broke out, and that's when everything went south. <laughs> so, yeah, so, like, Supremia never... Them guys were pissed because they drove from Jersey... And they weren't even able to play. Damn, they dude. never got to play. Yeah, go back to one of the earlier episodes. We talk about the whole ordeal with, and th and that's, I'll I'll, I'll kind of relay that story real briefly one more time. But it was me, Derek, and Tom. Everybody kind of scattered like roaches when that when all that shit went down and then fucking mace bombs came out and all that. Everybody scattered because you couldn't fucking stay in there. No, I mean, so we're all running the fuck around thinking the cops are coming. <laughs> And me, Derek, and Tom jumped in Tom's shitty fucking gold-colored Dodge van. And fucking Tom ran into that chick. <laughs> and and fucking like knocked her. her down. And me and Derek jumped out and grabbed her and drug her Open, in the van. Yeah, and opened fucking, the door and just put her in. Like, yeah, like we just drug her in the van and woman. fucking took off again. So it's like... <laughs> if you would do that today, it'd be a felony. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I mean, I think she was kind of into it, but... Yeah, I but, think Tom ended up with her anyway. I'm not 100% sure. Something. Yeah, it might have even been that night. <laughs> it might have been. I'm not, but, yeah. <laughs> holy shit. How many of these fucking things did he have? Oh, well, yeah, that, that's just one stack of all duplicates. Because I gave you one of these, right? That's mm -hmm. one of the ones you have framed. Yeah. yeah. 
That's why I said I'm going to, but I got a couple of them. Like, I have. Was that the first show at Unison? Not our first show. No, that was our, probably our second. Our first show we played, we played with, um, cannot think of that. Because we were, it was, it was in the afternoon and we were on it. And I can't remember the name of the band. It might have been, it might have been Supremi. I think we opened up for it. That was the first show I think we Yeah, that sounds for. right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we opened up for Seren, uh, for Supremia because then. Or uh, Sarcoma might have been on that one too because Supremia and Sarcoma always played together. The, or they did a fair amount. Right, they did a fair amount, but I'm pretty sure we, I, I know like Supremia because when they went on, we were blown away. We were like, holy shit, like who the hell are these guys, man? And we actually kind of got along with them guys from that was kind of like how it, because they, they were like, you know, they were so cool with us when we played. They, they were like, you know, you guys are new. You sound great, you know. And they kind of like, I don't want to say took us under their wing, but they encouraged us. They were just like, you know, keep doing, man. You guys are just starting out. And, you know, with, with guys like that, that kind of like pushed us up, lift us up. It was just like, all right, we want to do more now. You know, we just kind of want to just push it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they was just, yeah, it was cool. It was very, very cool. Yeah, the creative juices between Juan and Derek were fucking cool. It was good. It was a good combination of. Yeah. It really was because, you know, it was one of those things where when this music started coming out, we were able to draw from everywhere, basically. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, you know, we, we, we loved the heavier sound of the metal music, but then death metal came along. And then it was like, what happened if we kind of merged these two? You know what I mean? So it was like Juan would come up with these just like just dirty disgusting riffs that were just you know melt your face and then Derek would add like this little bit of I don't want to say technicality to it but almost like a melody almost along with it and it would just like it was awesome you well know he I mean? had that like really cool like European metal feel right and it was almost right that's exactly right but I, I you know attribute that to that the dismembering tomb especially the, you know we had talked about it before the left hand path that album mm. you know that was yeah that was his he wanted that sound. That's what he wanted. He liked that mixed with maybe like a little obituary, the cause of death. He liked that, you know, the, the almost like melodic guitar work that James Murphy would do. I mean, outside of obituary, I was, I loved that European sound. I think, and I think Derek was big. Well, I mean, he liked cannibal corpse too, but yeah, but I mean, he was really heavily into He, the, he loved that European, European movement. sound. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Cause like, you know, if you would look, I, I, to this day, I can remember his like tape collection. So like hex, they, those guys, they weren't like, death metal they were more of like a melodic power metal but they were from overseas you know dismember um entombed he some of the black metal stuff he didn't really well and that was kind of but even at that point i don't know that it came out as black metal i don't think we knew a lot of that shit i mean it wasn't as big yet that kind of hit and got bigger what yeah after they fucking started burning churches down and shit right which it was crazy because we were like we thought it was cool but we were more of the dismemberment cannibal corpse style just brutality behind shit instead of like going after the the black metal stuff you know what i mean we kind of like that brutality a little more and that's kind of like i would say we Mm -hmm. our catalyst for most of our songs were just like everyday brutality i guess is you know that america could produce because that was the easiest way to write lyrics i could just turn the tv on you know at the time i think jeffrey dahmer was big because he had just you know he was he was he just started out as a young he was young blossoming blossoming serial killer green (laughs) behind the ears yeah (laughs) just drugging dudes yeah (laughs) but yeah like i said um there's also a couple other things some battle of the band stuff these are all original uh, like from Saturday, August twenty fourth, 
just these lineups of some of these bands. Like, What's on the back? There's shit written on them. Oh, yeah. So uh, let's see what we got here. That's from the Battle of the Bands, right? Yeah, this is from the Battle of the Bands on the 14th. So <laughs> it's kind of funny because he also had like, uh, he always he always separated the bands at the bottom. So like your, your punk, you had your like 2.5 children, Freak Thing, Jester's Dance, Strife's Immortal, which... Those guys were pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. Strive Some Mortal was awesome back in the day. I don't remember them. Yeah. Seems to be in the, in the, in the influence. And those were the punk side. Uh, no, then we actually had two. Because Jake was always big into punk. I don't know why. You know, it was great. Some of it was great. Some of it was okay. <laughs> but then, you I know. I think it tied in more of the skateboarding, too. Right. More. Yeah. more of that. Yeah. Because you got to remember, it was like the old, like almost like 16th beat kind of real fast kind of punk shit back in the day. It wasn't. Fucking D-beat shit. Yeah, exactly. Like two <laughs> chords and just, yeah, hammering through, you know. But like even here, like <laughs> the, the Supremia is labeled as thrash on this. Uh, crucified, Obliviation, Damned Ability. Uh, you have hardcore SWAT and side effects. So this was from Saturday the 24th. 20 bands, Battle of the Bands, just typical Jake, you know, $6 donation, noon to midnight. We can have all kinds of shows back then until midnight on Saturday. And then I also have another one here from uh, May 2nd. And uh, this is this is when we were, you can tell we were a little, little more seasoned on this one because we were not the opening band. There was a band called Awakening before us, and then we went on Phineas Skull, Rot, Secular End, and Supremia. And this is from the May 1st of Unisound. This was not a battle of the bands. This was just a... Uh, it was Jake's, Jake's writing to Derek, telling him to be there at one. One, okay. <laughs> yeah, Derek, the drawing for the thrash band's order is at 10 o'clock. It's important that everyone is there for the drawing. <laughs> Your band will go on between 10 o'clock and 10 o'clock in the morning and 5 o'clock and play for half an hour. See you Saturday. That's cool. Yeah, some old, so you got some old hand, and I'm actually think that Kathy that wrote that. I don't think that's Jake's handwriting. Now, I can't imagine fucking Jake wrote that nice. Yeah, and then I also have a band that we had seen at me and Derek really, really lucky. They were called Zero Tolerance. They're from Buffalo. Those dudes were pretty awesome. Um, they were very cool with us. Um, it was when that kind of like a hardcore kind of like the the sick of it all biohazard started kind of rolling into the picture so to speak you know that we would draw influence from and there was this band zero tolerance out of buffalo and them dudes were cool with us they were very very cool like those guys were like are they still around i'm not are they sure. a hardcore band yeah the, well yeah that's what they were they were a hardcore band so that they were from really familiar yeah and like i i used to have a, a t-shirt from them like I said, they hooked me and Derek up. They were just cool dudes. They were just cool guys that would always, and one of the things they always tell us was like, don't ever let the vendor dictate the show. They were like, don't ever do it. It's like, you would always say, just make sure you get paid. You know, if you're going to do this, it's like, make sure you, whatever you sell is yours. Just, you know, pay attention to what's going on. He's like, because in this, in this business, people steal from you. And we found that out just through that old shithead. Yeah. Yeah. That old shithead, uh, manager we had scott well we could get into fucking stories about him for <laughs> i'm hours. trying to keep it positive <laughs> oh we are all right well then i won't get in and say about how shitty it was that rot was fucking played above you on the billing but but they were established before we were you know <laughs> <laughs> they were they i you know <laughs> With when it came to Jake, we we pretty much just kind of uh, yeah, you know, we were like new. Yeah, we were new. Yeah. So we we you know basically just 
God, and I remember Jake, when you got on the mailing list, you could sign up for it, and you would get. He would send them to you. you'd get them every like every week or so. You'd get a new flyer from Unisound. <laughs> you would, and that, that's what I mean. Because like most of this stuff is that they're either big or small versions of the shows that we did. You know, because here's another one from that infamous night. But this is the bigger one. This is a bigger version yeah, like of that full size. Yeah. Don't throw away. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty funny. There's a bunch of those notes on here, I guess, for his mom. And she was like, I never threw them away. <laughs> Holy shit. It's crazy, right? It's so fucking wild. Ah, like... uh, okay, so I was wrong. Remember when I was trying to say that it was the show in Jersey that we went to? It wasn't. It was called The Cell Block in, in Jersey. That was the name of the place that we went to. Mm. It was the old, it was an old prison. Oh, and no that's shit. Why they, yeah, that's why they called it. And... This was that show. So it was Cannibal Corpse, Cynic and Sinister, and The Return of Vicious Decay. So that was Sunday, June 5th at the Cell Block. So yeah, that's where that flyer, because everything that was in here were shows that we had gone to. Oh, The Return of Vicious Circle. Yeah, The Return. Yeah, and that's why I think that was directly correlated with the, the magazine. Also um, appearing Mortal Decay, Deteriorate, and Symphony of Grief. I kind of remember Deteriorate, too. Deteriorate, yeah. Them guys were pretty good, actually. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I just got some more of these. Uh, it's kind of funny because the infamous night seems to be coming up with a lot in here and a lot of these papers and some of these flyers. We well, might have used those papers as like masks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to protect. They're all duplicates of that one. Oh, yeah. So one of the things I, I thought was pretty funny is when we got a little older... This was back uh, a little bit later when we would go to like breakers and stuff like that. Remember oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's when D uh, Jake decided that he was going to have a rave at Unisound. What? <laughs> yeah. And here's the flyer with DJ Disco Dawn Valio. D Dawn is the one that was responsible for what I'll show you in a little bit here. But yeah, she was always, she was always like really into like techno kind of music, that kind of stuff. And she was a great writer. She really was. And she was the one that came up with, uh, I think it was called Behind the Scenes, but we'll get to that then. No alcohol, no drugs, drugs. no prejudice. <laughs> Can't we all just be friends? I like that it was like for March 14th and then crossed <laughs> out. Crossed out, it's like, no, no, 21st. <laughs> only one night. We're gonna One night only, we're going to check this out. <laughs> and then I have actually the, uh, the actual Behind the Scenes. Um, basically, it's, it's a like a magazine it, it, it is a magazine this is a smaller version of it um this one basically was dawn and Derek. um dawn is a girl we went to school with she was great at writing uh loved the local music like i said she was a lot into like the punk uh new wave at the time and rave sound that's kind of what she dealt with but she was cool enough to always yeah, write she, she, she hung out a lot yeah she, she hung out with us because we were in school we all kind of had the same vibe i mean it was not like nobody dated or anything like that it was just she was a good person that liked our music and just wanted to promote it it was just she was a great great person she really was and then like i said she was cool enough to include us in a lot of this stuff and a lot of the things that she wrote about were mostly stuff that happened at unisound and one of the cool things that I got to do was, and it kind of sucked a little bit at the same time, was um, I got this behind-the-scenes uh, magazine, and I laughed because it has a write-up on it um, on the show that we did, one of the shows that we did, what we did play with Sarcoma. 
And the crazy thing about this and how it kind of comes full circle is that um, the bass player for Sarcoma was Shane Mock. Well, everybody knows Shane Mock. He was my professor at jiu-jitsu. Great dude. I've known him for years. I got this magazine, and I showed it to him. I texted it to him. A week later, he passed. So, so he did get to see it. Yeah, he got to see it. He thought it was crazy, and it sucked because it, if you always think you have time, you don't. Because it was like I always, he was like, dude, we got to get together and talk about this. Unfortunately, I never got to talk to him. But I thought it was cool that I was able to share, you know, just that little bit with Shane because it's weird how you come full circle. You know what I mean? It's like I played in bands and when we were younger, hadn't seen it for a little while. And it kind of, he was the one that got me into jujitsu. He was my professor and taught me all this shit. And it was cool because it's like where they're at, it has all this old school information. And actually, if you look at the, um, if you look at the, uh, the address on this, it's the warehouse. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So it's 841. Well, that used to be Wood Street, but the actual address for the front was 841 Greenwood Street. Because mm. that was the warehouse. They, their, their entrance was on Wood Street, but the actual address was 841 Greenwood. So this is actually like you could write to him and he could give you information or, or you could buy a, a tape for five bucks. You know, just had to make it pay. That's show. awesome. Five yeah. bucks. And it's cool because we also got a little write-up. Bordeside actually has a write-up right underneath the local band scene. And the other thing that was crazy caught my eye is the original Live, the band Live, when they were from York, is that she did a write-up there when they were at the Chameleon Club. So that doesn't tell you how, like, far back this shit is, man. And I'm going to fucking shoot that chair. <laughs> I figured out what it was. <laughs> the, <chair>. <laughs> the bird chair. The fucking bird chair. <laughs> that's great. It is a bird. Yeah, it is. So anybody that hears that fucking squeaking, that's what it is. It's Mike's chair. <laughs> I'm trying not to move a whole lot. It's the neighbors. The neighbors in their, in their room. Neighbor's the bed squeaking. No, oh, here's another infamous, like, uh, I have another behind-the-scenes kind of, like, uh, if, even smaller. Like, that one's two pages. This is actually only one. And it's crazy because if you look at it. All right, but I got to read this. I got to read the board aside thing because it's just great. Judging by their performance, one would never have guessed that Friday 4-4 was Abortacide's first show. This death metal band consists of Mike Garman on vocals, Derek Whitman on guitar and vocals, Juan Martinez guitar and vocals, Tom Kramlick drums. The band is in search of a bassist. Interested applicants apply to Derek at 3669 Pricetown Road, Fleetwood. <laughs> That's great. And if you hear this, go ahead and write a letter to that address. <laughs> yeah, they're still in search of a bass. <laughs> if you know, if you know a good bass player, let them know. That's so great. <laughs> Must be willing to travel. Yes, <laughs> and, and basically find a new band because that one doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, one of the things that always cracks me up about these, like they always try to put as much as they could. In this little bit of space, like eight by ten. Yeah, everything's like crammed in there. Right. So you have like shit on the sides, and you got to turn it sideways, and it's just it's crazy. It's like a puzzle to read. Yeah. You know, and then here's like this is a uh, this is like I said, this is a behind the scenes uh, magazine from like actually this was I think this was the one that was before the our first show because this is a battle of the bands one with uh yeah this is I think. (laughs) Yeah, this is crazy. Oh, my God. 
But I'm not even moving. I, I know, it's crazy. I <laughs> guess I should fucking yeah, do something you, about that. Yeah, WD-40 it. It'd be good. I promise. Okay, yeah, it is. <laughs> Sounds like fair. <laughs> Don't fucking breathe, Mike. I'm trying not to. Yo, Saturday, May 23rd at Unisound. Sick of it all with SWAT. Oh, I remember that show. I was there for that one. That's coming up. (laughs) (laughs) And this will also show our age. Live tapes to be traded. Yeah. Remember tape trading back in the day? Yeah. I never really got into it. What, dude? You know how many fucking duct tapes I got? (laughs) Fucking beautiful. I think I still have an original black. (laughs) (laughs) That's great, dude. I I love just like looking at this shit because it's like a wreck. Yeah. It's like put together, but it's like a it's like a chaotic yeah. symphony. Like you can tell it was homemade and it was done with the smallest amount of money made. And back then it was probably only maybe just a few bucks. I love that it tells you this is the back page. <laughs> <laughs> In case you picked it up on that side. You're like, shit, I can't read this. Let me go to the other side. I like the advertisement for Nana shoes in Santa Monica, California. There's like no like there's no re- like what is it it's about? so awesome. Like yeah, what the is. fuck shoes are you buying? Like do you just call and find out what shoes they have? Yeah. I know, and it's just like, you know, if you're you like want a, I want a t shirt. Nah nah shoes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my bad. <laughs> oh, oh, here's a whole thing at the top. He kept this. It was about the battle of the bands. Yep. With the board aside. The thirteen finalists. May 16th, starting at 2 p.m. Yeah, and if I remember, we had to, yeah, because like everybody that moved on from that show ended up basically playing another Battle of the Bands. Yeah. It was yeah. like part two. Aborted Did Side, Abriax, Awakenings, Bonehead. I remember Bonehead. Distorted Entity, Insane Angel, Irate Youth, Rancid Posey, Sarcoma, Small Fat Child. What the fuck? <laughs> That's a great name. I guess they foresaw the obesity crisis. <laughs> TSE, 2.5 children. I remember them. They were an great. urban lunch meet. Yep. I still think I might have a 2.5 children tape somewhere around. I have to look, but yeah. I like those dudes. They were great, man. Yeah. Them and No One's Hero. Those were like some of the, the old school punk bands that kind of stuck out to me. Vicious Circle was in that, in mm-hmm. the first one. I don't remember that. Yeah, that'll show you how, like, <sighs> it's crazy when you think about it. They were at Unisound at the Battle of the Bands, and I think they were from, like, a... Uh, Philly area down around that area Jersey yeah it's just circles from Jersey okay. and then yeah. they, they just blew up you know it's crazy they played all these like East Coast shows I don't know if they were big out west but around here they were big that's fucking great concert info yeah it's definitely something to it's great that he kept all this stuff it really is that's why I said it was I was so glad that I was able to that I got this from from his parents and was able to share it with you guys because it is it's like a walk down memory lane oh it's like, so nice that they kept it though I mean they could have just threw it the fuck away you know and they kept it which was just amazing yeah and like this stuff here uh, like uh, as I'm going through some of these stickers you can tell that this stuff was a little later as it coming on because I have like an OG uh, uh, white zombie sticker. With the old postcard on the back. Oof. Yeah. That's the great. old earache poke, postcard from uh, La Sex Ortisto. I was going to say, that's old there. Yep. And then I got another one uh, from, dude, this was a release of, uh, the release of Sound of White Noise from Anthrax, an original, because he would get these things from, uh, uh, from the record company sometimes because of the magazine. But I also got like an OG uh, 
uh, pork soda Primus. Ooh, that's another one. It's like these old stickers. I got a quicksand slip from that. It's great that they just mailed the sticker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was like the greatest like advertising back then. I had that t-shirt. I know, right? It was like you had that t-shirt. It gave you the tour dates on the back or just said, uh, it was like devil music volume one, La Sex or T. 92, April 8th, 92 is mailed from New York. And then, the other stuff I have here, it's hard for me because I don't remember, even I don't even remember this band. Um, uh, it's even hard to read the name, but I kind of remember them, but I kind of don't because I don't remember the name. I remember the demented part, but oh, I don't know what the other, I'll let y'all take a look at it. But I think we played a, a show with these guys way back, but I can't figure out the name. It's demented something. I know. I, I don't know if it's Demented Tales or... Demented Ed. Demented Ed? Demented that Ed. That's okay. who it was, yeah. Okay. Demented Ted? No, Ed. Ed, that makes much sense. Much more sense now. why is this T here? Right, that's why oh, I was... Yeah. You're right, Ted. you're right. Demented Ted, Ted sorry. Okay. See, now... All right. yeah, I kind of remember that. All right, like, them I don't. The I don't. name I remember. Yeah, the, them I don't. Well, maybe until... I thought it was Demented Ed. Ed, yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. cannibal corpse. Very much so, yeah. Like, so, and I... And I, I pretty sure we played a show with them you know because Derek would he would he would get a lot of information from these guys because like like the next flyer that I have was one from those guys from Insane Angel we actually got along with them we would hook them up with shows and they would hook us up with shows most of the time we would go to Scarlet's to Men and Ted I remember I gotta look that up <laughs> I wonder if they're still around yeah I know it'd be interesting to see if they're still yeah I'm not 100% sure it's wild though but uh, help if I spelled the name right. <laughs> They're still around. Are they? Yeah. Get the hell out. Well, might have to reach out to them guys because it's been a while. Chicago, Illinois. Okay, because like I said, I know Derek had gotten some information from them. He, I can't remember where we saw them. I know it was a show of some sort that we went to and they were there. And, you know, I just don't remember a lot about them. I just remember, I remember them being at a show. I just don't remember anything else about that show a whole lot. I remember the name. Yeah. And I just, I think we played with them with Insangel in, in, at Scarlet's, I think. I'm I'm pretty sure that's who we played with. I think they headlined it. And they brought us on. Hmm. Because speaking of, here is one of the, I think this was the first show that we ever did with Insangel at the Milford Firehouse in Quakerton in October of 92. <laughs> oh, I sort of remember that gig. Yeah, it was it was a fun gig. It was a shit show getting oh, there. It was. The logo. Oh, there's the logo. Oh, I got to get a picture of that. Well, hold off. Uh, never mind. I'll yeah, I, I got an even better surprise for you. That's awesome. So, and this is the last thing that I have in this pack. And then I guess we can all talk about it. So one of the photos was when we were all trying to figure out the artwork and trying to figure out, come up a name. And one of the things we have is, you know, Juan is a phenomenal, not only a tattoo artist, but it's, I, artist. I think he's an even better artist than, than a tattoo artist. He's just phenomenal. And one of the things you drew with this, when we were trying to figure out the logo, was this guy strapped with vines to an upside down cross. But the part that stuck me the best was what was attached to it behind it. Was the original logo that Juan oh, made? Great. So we have the original Bordeside logo that Juan drew up. That's awesome. And that was the part, dude. That has to be fucking t-shirts. 
They've never been made. Nope. The only thing that that was ever on was Juan put it on a jacket. Yeah, and then I think you painted something for Tom on his bass drums, and I think that was the only two. Yeah, it was the yeah the the, fetus, the fetus. Yeah, and I think that was the only two things that Abortaside was ever really put on because Scott stole the money, so we couldn't make shirts. Yeah, which is what was going to be done. What was going to get done? But yeah, that's the original artwork that he kept. (laughs) It sounds like we're recording the podcast at a pet stop, like (laughs) store. Like you hear like the birds (laughs) squeaking in the background. I'm just going to sit Yeah, we're here live at uh, PetSmart. (laughs) In the bird section. (laughs) Adopt a cat one by one. Oh, my God, dude. So, yeah, like, when she brought this stuff out to me, like, it was almost, like, emotional as shit, dude. Like, I was like, wow. Like, the the stuff that, I I couldn't believe that he saved all this stuff. Like, when I was going through it, that's why I wanted to share it with you guys. Because as I was looking through it, it was just, like, all these memories and, and all this stuff just started, you know, flooding into my head about all these bands and some of that I forgot. Like, you know, Phineas Skull. Those dudes were... Yeah, right? Like, I forgot about them. They were just, like, a straight grindcore band, but they were fucking cool, man. And it, I forgot about them, you know? Yeah, there was so many of those. But it was... It's like we said before, it was like a border side was its own thing and its own little scene within a scene, you know, like, cause we all just kind of did our own thing and kind of mushed it all together. Yeah. We didn't like really, we like, didn't follow. Whereas some of those other bands would ha- like all hang out together and like, like we all did our own fucking thing. And yeah, we hung out with everybody. Like we would hang out with the guys, not only with death metal guys, but we would hang out with hardcore but, guys. But I mean, like we didn't like, there was no group click oh no outside of just us like you know just the guys that were around borderside and that was kind of well that's because we were for the most part we were the outcasts you know back then everybody was like you know you know i don't want to say clicky but that's how you were but it really was like a clicky thing like you had to hang out with all these people and be cool and be like yeah unless you were us we were outcasts you kind of had to suck a little ass to to, to be part of all of it, really. And you guys never did. Like, yeah, we, no, we were the, like the that. people around the border side were just their own little fucking scene and then would do shows and didn't necessarily not get along with other people. But no, but we, it, it was weird. I don't even want to say that. A lot of those people were kind of drawn to us because of our vibe. We were just totally different. Yeah. We were, right. We weren't like serious, like, like a lot of these dudes were like, you know, straightforward, like, Type no, dude, it was guys. fun. And it I, was and, fucking fun. It and, really yeah. was. It was a time in my life that I like will never forget. It was like always the most fun fucking part of kind of coming out of school and growing up. And you know, obviously, we all kind of did our own thing. Then after that, it, everything kind of changed after about a year and a half, two years. But but even still, like we would. Like, those people that we didn't even think we would become friends with, they were kind of, like, drawn to us just because I felt that we were, we our vibe was fun. You know what I mean? We weren't, like, like, sarcoma. Those dudes were good. Like, Brian and Shane and them guys, they were they were musicians, like, played the part. You know, we're death metal. We're, we're kind of scary, that kind of guy. We were death metal, but we were fun. Like, I, I always made us akin that we were more like Punch and Stench or in newer music, maybe like the Black Dahlia Murders. We had, like, a sense of humor. We were which, fun. Which is another, like, by the way, a big badge of fucking pride for a border side was they got to play on, like, the second show Pungent Stench ever played in America. You guys were on that bill. Yeah. Like. And it was fucking awesome. 
Because like Punch and Snitch, that was the first time that we'd ever seen anything like that. Because most of the shit that we seen was like Brutal Truth. And, and Brutal Truth was on that. And Incantation. Right. Like, and their fucking sound, dude. Punch and Stench had a fucking crazy yes. sound. Yeah, their guitars were like tuned up. <laughs> and they were like, even the bass player was tuned up. Everybody was tuning down. They were tuning up. The bass player had that funky like tin pan doink sound to it. And yeah, it was, it was crazy. Just, that yeah. sounded so different. That, that was one of those, you, you talk about the, the dickhead manager thing. That was after the, the Battle of the Bands and the Stolen Money thing. And I got the phone call for that show. Yeah. Like they skip horn from fucking um, what band was skipping? Oh, uh, uh, was it murdered MDK? I think it might have been MDK. something like that. Yeah, I think it was MDK. Yeah, which he's still around. Skip's still he's around. around. He still yeah. books shows and stuff. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't know that. And he called called me about that show. Yeah. I'm, somehow my number got wrapped up in things because i also got a phone call from relapse at one point about you guys going on a on a compilation well i think it was if i remember <laughs> correctly we were so pissed off that one at tom because he, he was the one that brought scott in and scott obviously took the money you know and it was we we kind of checked tom on that and we're like you know you know that's your dude and he fucking stole this money from us you know yeah, and much to his credit he didn't argue about it and i think somewhere along the lines it was like you know we would i think it was like we'd be better off with fucking sean as our <laughs> yeah. manager and i think that's how it, it, it came about honestly it was because yeah was but like, nobody ever told me i just started getting phone calls <laughs> well, that, that's the aborted side way that's how just, it happened. Yeah, i know just give you sean's information yeah. my, my dad's like hey some guy called skip called about an aborted side thing whatever that is <laughs> all right cool right and this was pre-cell phone so it was like all calls went to your house so most likely your parents were going to answer it or which was cool because i forget who it was it was me and Derek and somebody else went up to skip's house to pick up the tickets because you guys yeah they didn't expect you to but they wanted you to sell tickets. So we all went up there and Skip, like for people that around our area here, around Reading area that don't know who Skip is, he's from Allentown and Skip used to sell moot like concerts. He used to film all the shows at the airport music hall and would sell them. And, uh, he had a fucking, oh, what's his name? Those are the fucking good old days, getting those bootleg shows. Yep. Like, yeah, I can't wait to watch this shit. He had, um, oh, what the fuck's his name that would smear shit on people? G.G. Allen. Yeah, G.G. Allen. G. G. Allen. Yeah. I, he had a G.G. Allen show playing. when we, And I'm, I was just fucking mesmerized by this dude smearing shit, shit. on people in the crowd. <laughs> it was like, I remember Skip now. Yeah, you yes. were yes. with. You came with yes. to pick up the tickets. And that dude had the fucking most awesome collection of like concerts his his fucking living room there must have been thousands of them and the best part about it was was i'll never forget that conversation with you guys when you came down and you guys were like dude this it, you didn't like it, we the videos and shit were a forefront or or basically a, a backstory to the guy gg allen smearing shit on himself because you guys were like i can't fucking believe this dude was like smearing shit on his face smearing shit yeah <laughs> yeah who the fuck knew like that was i mean now, of course, he's a fucking legend. Everybody fucking yeah. knows Gigi Allen. But back then, only the punk people knew really who Gigi Allen was. I mean, I that was my introduction. It was a video of him fucking screaming around, just fucking slinging shit in people's face. Right, like cutting his head open. Yeah, and smack, yeah the dude was insane. And then you were kind of Swinging like, his little dick. Yeah, he was fully <laughs> naked. Yeah. yeah. He would be fully... He didn't give a fuck. Yeah. I think he wore like a collar around his neck. That was it. Yeah. Boot, engineer boots and a fucking dog collar. 
basically look like most rednecks today, but uh, yeah, so crazy. before his time, yeah. But yeah, so that was that was me, Derek, and I guess Juan. Yeah, like, it yeah, had to be now, Juan. As yeah. soon as he said the Gigi Allen thing, I'm like, I remember this, dude. And it, and Skip was fuck. cool as fuck, and like I said, he's still around. Yeah. That's might awesome. We might have to hit him up one day. Maybe just talk some old school shit, see what he did with those collections, and see if he still has anything. Yeah, I definitely need to get our shit together and <laughs> get back to. To doing more shows, as I said, it's the last year has been a big transition for us here on the show, and we got to where we need to be. You know, we took a circuitous route, and had I mean, to change some things up, and and ultimately, you know, I'm I'm glad we're doing this show. This is like I said, a big emotional show, kind of for us. It doesn't sound like it, but yeah, this, no, this but was a, a good, tough one for all of us. Yeah, it's and, a good one, and it was cool. Like I said, when I when I got this. <clears throat> Thankfully, Derek was so cool, and his parents were even cooler to, to give me this stuff for us. So, yeah, I actually said it was for us. So, I, you know, they don't even know about this show. I didn't tell them anything about it, so it'll be a surprise for them. I will let them know. But well, Dale, I think Dale <laughs> follows the page. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, because he was like you say, he it was it was really neat just listening to him. Well, we like when we were together, we were talking, tell just tell stories. Um, about how things were. And it was very cool just to see the pride in his face because he was like, you guys were doing something that was, you know, that started this whole movement. He's like, and you guys were in the beginning of it. And well, I was like, I, I never really thought about it that way. You know, you hear this this, <clears throat> this bullshit people throw around a lot about family. Hey, fam. Hey, fam. But that really was. You know, I hadn't seen Dale in 20 years. Yeah. And I went for for a brief period, my dad was doing hill climb races yeah. and I walked over and said hi to Dale and I got a fucking huge hug. Mm -hmm. And then Debbie wasn't there for like the first couple races that I yeah. was around. And then the next Reading one, she came over and gave me a big hug. And that, that was a tough, those were both tough ones for me. Cause I kind of walked away from those and like really, I was nearly crying both times. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, especially with Derek, is when we grow up, we all kind of split apart. But we all, if you ever called us, or if you ever needed something, it was like we were always there. And one of the last conversations that I had with Derek, I had called, and he never told me what was going on. And even his parents, we had talked about this, because he had even said about, um, you know, what ended up in the hospital. There were some mistakes that were made, especially with everything that was going on and Derek being Derek being tight lipped, not telling the doctors exactly, you know, like apparently he never told them that he had leukemia at one point. So when they were searching for this heart issue, they were, they basically couldn't find what the heart issue was. So they never told him, he never told him about his previous, he never told him. Yeah. He never, he never, he, he, as Dale's told, he's, he neglected to tell him that part. So, you know, and like you said, the conversation we had, but it, it was more of a celebratory thing with, with his parents, you know, and that's how I love how they handled it. You know, it's not like, Hey, let's talk about all this great shit that, you know, that he was a part of and how he influenced everybody's life. Yeah, but I mean, that's really how it should be. Why the fuck do people walk around all somber and sad and depressed? It's like, you know what, what about all the good things that kind of negates all the good shit that people have done or the fun they've had in their lives and just walk around being fucking miserable about them. Yeah, they died, but right. you know what? Their memory's still around. As long as we're still alive and this shit still exists. exists right. That, you know, that's why I said, like, to pull this out and be able to share it with you guys was cool. Like, this is a gift. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, it's a gift from Derek, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. All yeah, these years later. No, because honestly, Derek would have been part of all this. Absolutely. Like, had this 
had he still been around, you know, he would have been part of all this. Like, and I wouldn't have wanted it any other way, really. Yeah. You know, it's like, even though we were grew up and we grew apart, we were, it was like, we we're always a phone call away. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, sometimes life does get and shit. We all know that. But, right. you know, even with here, like you said, he would absolutely would have been a part of this. You know, the shitty people in his life came and went. Yeah. And but the good people were always there for him. Yeah. And like I said, this is a gift from him for the people that were good in his life. They ended good to him. And, his, and like his parents, like amazing people, amazing people, amazing family. And you know, yeah, they gave us definitely beautiful people. Yeah. So you know, it's it, they, th- those people provided a lot of good things in my life. And I think a lot of our lives, I mean, really. Yeah. So, I mean, there ain't much more to say than cheers to Derek. raise a glass to Derek. Cheers. Thanks for thank, thank, <laughs> thanks for sharing that with us, Mike. And absolutely, thank you to Dale and Debbie for passing that on to yeah, us. Thank you so much. Um, there ain't a lot much more to say than you know. We love you, Derek, and we'll see you in the next life. See you soon. This is maggots. <laughs>